the two o'clock. Well, uh, this coming Saturday, believe it or not, will be six months to the day since the fires broke out up there in the Adelaide Hills and over on KI. Uh, I didn't realise just how many hectares were lost. Uh, 27,500 hectares were burnt out in those bushfires uh, just, a, well, uh, six months ago to the very day on Saturday. And, of course, hundreds of livelihoods and family homes were burnt out and, and three people tragically lost their lives. And uh, you're thinking, well, what's, uh, what's happened since then? Well, let's talk to a couple of gentlemen who uh, have been involved every day since then. Alex Zimmerman is the local recovery coordinator for Cuddley Creek. And uh, Rob, Rob Manton is the local recovery coordinator for over at Kangaroo Island. And both gentlemen join us right now. Fellas, good afternoon. I can imagine how busy you've been in six months. Hi, Tony. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yes, uh, to put it mildly. Yeah, I can just just imagine. I mean, it's staggering to think that it's been six months since the first of those fires broke out up in the hills and over on KI. And uh, the loss of uh, lives, three tragic lives, that's the thing that immediately comes to mind. But I had no idea how many hectares had been burnt out. 27,500 were burnt out. Homes were lost. How many homes were lost, gentlemen, uh, in the combination of those fires? I'll let Rob first. <laughs> Rob? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Hi, Tony. Thanks, Alex. Um, certainly on Kangaroo Island, uh, Tony, the, it was 211,000 hectares were burnt. Really? Um, I think in Cuddly Creek it was 20, around the 23,000 mark. Um, on the island, 119 homes were destroyed or damaged. Right. Um, more than 300 non-residential buildings. You know, that includes businesses, tourism, community facilities, sheds, those sort of things. And, of course, there were there were two fatalities on the island as well. This is uh, Rob Madden we're talking to. Rob is the uh, local recovery coordinator over there at Kangaroo Island. Alex, uh, can you describe to us uh, what the recovery I- is actually all about? Yeah, sure, Tony. Uh, look, um, it's got a fairly basic uh, definition, uh, and it talks about returning a community, individuals and organisations back to what we call a state of normality after the occurrence of a disastrous event. Whilst it sounds really simplistic, it's actually exceptionally complex because fundamentally everybody has a different interpretation of what is normal and that applies to individual people, their communities and businesses. So what we actually do as recovery coordinators, we uh, and the whole recovery program is based on breaking it down into four main areas. And so what we do is we focus on the psychosocial wellbeing and that's looking at the well-being of people, the communities, the networks. We look at the environment. We look at the buildings and the infrastructure and then also the economy. So you can see that it starts to get fairly complex when you look at uh, each of the two different areas that we're dealing with, the Adelaide Hills and Kangaroo Island, each vastly different to each other. And inside that, there's so much difference. So what we do is we really work closely with the community and our recovery processes are called community-led recovery. And uh, Rob and I are absolutely committed to not only restore to a normal, but make it a new normal, make it a better normal uh, than the day, uh, than the position those communities were in on the day before the event. So what we do is we focus on making sure that we can improve infrastructure, importantly improve knowledge and coping mechanisms of communities and thereby we make them more resilient. So it is a very, very complex process, even though it starts from a very basic definition. Uh, gentlemen, a question to both of you, to, uh, to Alex and to Rob. What's your previous experience? What were you doing before the tragedy of these bushfires six months ago? Oh, Rob, you can go first. Yep. 
Um, sure. Thanks, Tony. Um, my, I had about 30 years in the military, so my background is very oh. much military. Okay. Um, so I had operational service in the Middle East and, and various other places. Um, immediately before this role, I was actually engaged by the state government to be um, the liaison and outreach person for the disaster recovery and the resilience team, which meant that I spent the first month or so before coming over here to Kangaroo Island from February through, about, through to about March um, across all three fire sites, and that inc- includes Yorktown, liaising with the recovery coordinators in place at the time, including Alex and Kate up in uh, York Peninsula, um, and basically making sure that as a state government agency we were addressing the identified needs that were raised by the local recovery coordinators and the community. Um, and I then transitioned into this role in uh, early April. Yeah, Alex, and, uh, and your background, if you don't mind us asking? Yeah, no problem, Tony. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a serving um, chief inspector in the police, and so Paul, I've, I've been there for over 40 years. So I don't like to say it too loud, yeah. but <laughs> um, look, uh, obviously, um, being a police officer, you're uh, fairly um, uh, you know get a lot of experience in emergency management, supporting communities, and some of the roles that I've had as being the state disaster victim identification commander for the state, and also commander of the Barossa local service area, and in 2016, I was appointed by the then government uh, to be the local recovery coordinator for the Pinery Fires that occurred in late 2015. And uh, in 2016, uh, you might recall, we had those uh, horrendous storms. Oh, yeah. Everybody remembers the uh, statewide blackout. Um, and um, as a consequence of that, there was some serious flooding up in the northern Adelaide Plains, especially around Virginia, and uh, I became the recovery coordinator for that uh, event as well. If you've got a question for either gentleman, for either Alex or, or Rob, by all means, get in touch with us, send us an email, perhaps even a telephone call, whatever the case might be. Fellas, a question to both of you. We often hear of the uh, the resilience and, uh, I suppose, the toughness of uh, of people who live in the Adelaide Hills, who live over at KI, who live in, in rural South Australia. Uh, to both of you, has that uh, resilience, toughness, call it whatever you will, from country people been... Uh, been evident in your experience? Yeah, Rob, you can go. Um, yeah, sure. Thanks, thanks Alex. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you go first and you can just defer whenever you're ready. <laughs> um, certainly, I think it's an Australian trait, uh, this resilience anyway, but it's, it manifests itself or is magnified uh, when we see these sort of occurrences, particularly in those regions where in the country. And, I, and I've been amazed at the resilience of the KI community and I'm pretty sure Alex would offer the same observation in the hills. Um, these folk have weathered drought, then a catastrophic fire event, um, and more recently the restrictions associated with the coronavirus pandemic. And in almost every case, they have accepted that that is their reality. Um, they've rolled up their sleeves and just got on with the business of their own recovery. And in every case, their first concern when you talk to them is for their neighbour or a friend. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And if I have a concern, having seen the effects of trauma in my time in the military, it's the long-term mental health and emotional recovery. I think that will be the longest part of the recovery journey. Um, in some cases, we won't even see that manifest itself for some years. But the government has put in place some programs aimed at developing preventive measures to avoid the later onset of any post-traumatic stress or any emotional distress. And I'd simply encourage everyone to check in with neighbours as as the restrictions allow. We embrace those people with mental or emotional challenges these days, so there's no stigma at all associated with asking for help. 
Right. It's uh, 19 to 2. We're talking to Alex Zimmerman. Alex is the local recovery coordinator up at Cuddley Creek. And Rob, Rob Manton is the local recovery coordinator for over at Kangaroo Island. Uh, this is from uh, Julie. Sends us an email. She says, um, how can we actually help now? Because sadly, she says, I'm surprised to think it's been six months. It'll be six months on Saturday, Julie, since the fires broke out over at um, Kangaroo Island and up in the Adelaide Hills. Six months. God, isn't that, that gone quickly? Julie makes the point she said with so many other things that have happened the COVID not the least of which is the COVID she said how can we actually help now is it physically by going up there and volunteering or sending cash what's the best way we can actually assist these people as they recover gentlemen yeah. uh, Tony uh, I think that what we'll see is in the not too distant future as the COVID-19 restrictions uh, are lifted uh, that we'll have a resurgence in uh, volunteers uh, wanting to come into the area and also uh, the need. So certainly I'd encourage people to uh, um, register with Volunteering SA because we uh, look in the first instance uh, to that organisation to provide volunteers to some of those other organisations that are in the field. And, uh, you know, the State Emergency Relief Fund is still uh, open and active and and, uh, it is um, still uh, open for applications. And uh, I would always recommend that uh, uh, that fund better known as the SA Bushfire Appeal, uh, is the place to uh, place any uh, donations if they wish to. Right. Uh, from Cam, says, uh, Pilko, I realise it's not the uh, field of expertise of either of your guests this afternoon. He said, but uh, we hear conflicting stories about insurance claims. Uh, gentlemen, you're on the ground, you're talking to people on a daily basis, you've gotten to know a lot of the locals in both areas. What's the feedback uh, regarding insurance claims and, uh, and Cameron is suggesting that there seems to have been a delay in these? Rob? Uh, John, I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll go first, Alex. Um, yep. most, of the, most of the people that I talk to have been generally happy with their insurance. Um, the, if, if there is any feedback at all that they're being given by their insurance companies is that, is that perhaps they may have been underinsured. Uh, but in most cases, it's been reasonably... I haven't had... A great deal of a great number of people coming and saying that we are having a real issue here, um, and that's encouraging. Having said that, all insurance companies are different, and I don't, I haven't spoken to every person about their own experience. But the general sense, um, and we held a a, um, a town hall meeting on Sunday for about up to about fifty people on a couple on two separate occasions on Sunday. And the matter of insurance wasn't raised. So I find that fairly encouraging that it's certainly not front of mind at the moment. This and, is... Uh, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, sorry, Tony. I was just going to echo those sentiments, um, but uh, very much highlight the issue of underinsurance. So I think that what actually happens is oh. that a lot of people realise too late yeah. that they've been underinsured. And, and to that end, what we're doing is we're putting together some... Uh, education information sessions, little webinars uh, to better inform people. And that piece of work that we're trying to make them more resilient into the future. Right. Uh, Maureen, with a question for Rob uh, over there on KI, he said, um, uh, what's, the, what's the situation with homes that were destroyed? Are they being rebuilt on exactly the same location or have the locals decided, no, it's a bit too dangerous, We'd, uh, we may perhaps rebuild somewhere else? What's happening there, Rob? It's it's a personal choice. Um, some people that I've spoken to are going to rebuild precisely where they were um, because in the in the case of the Kangaroo Island fires, it was um, a unique event. The fire did not behave the way that fires generally behave 
in a, have behaved in the past on the island. So some people are going to rebuild where they were, but many are looking at other options on their properties, um, and particularly with the building materials that they're using, the designs they come out with, their access and uh, to and from their properties, those sorts of things as a means of mitigating any future risk. But it's very much up to the individual, and obviously there is the normal development application process they need to go through in consultation with council. It's a quarter to two. We're talking to Alex Zimmerman. Alex is the local recovery coordinator up at Cuddley Creek. And Rob, Rob Manton is the local recovery coordinator over there in KI. Uh, from Carolyn, she said, we hear about the loss of lives, and that was tragic, uh, three, two over in KI. And she said uh, the loss of homes. She said, what about livestock? How much livestock was, uh, was lost in those fires of six months or so ago? Yeah, Tony, uh, for us it was relatively a small number in comparison to KI, but it was just under 4,000. It was 3,850-odd livestock were lost. But uh, Rob had a significant, uh, or the Kangaroo Island community had a significantly larger, what was that? Uh, Yeah, it was just over 59,000 head of stock. 59,000, Rob? Yeah. And I guess that was... Part and parcel of the of the challenge for primary producers is is that is facing that reality of um, you know just having to dispose of the remains of their stock and these these oh. people love their stock yeah they um, really they really they do they may not have names but uh, they you know that this is their livelihood yeah they know they them treat all their stock yeah well, they do all right uh, gentlemen back in a moment or so uh, if you've got a question and there's always questions it's been six months on saturday that's gone so quickly but so much else has happened of course in the six months six months on saturday will mark the um, uh, the outbreak of the fires uh, over on uh, kangaroo island horrific fires over there and up in the adelaide hills and we're talking to alex zimmerman and rob manton you've got a question and there's certainly some questions out there here's the opportunity it's just on 13 minutes to two now from a to B. Wherever you want to go, 99 Bikes can help you find your perfect ride. Maybe it's a bike for the commute, a mountain bike to get outdoors, something new for the kids, or the latest in electric bikes. 99 Bikes has Australia's largest range and expert staff to find the ideal one for you. And if you don't absolutely love your new bike, you have 30 days to swap it for free. T's and C's apply. 99 Bikes. Shop in store, online, or click and collect. 99bikes.com.au Telehealth within minutes. Get access to medical advice, prescriptions and more between 6am and midnight, seven days a week and best of all, it's bulk billed. Simply download the Instant Consult app, sign up and have a telehealth consultation with an experienced Australian registered doctor via video call within 15 minutes. Skip the waiting room with Instant Consult. Download Instant Consult today and get your next prescription emailed direct to your nominated chemist warehouse or pharmacy. It's 11 and a half minutes to two here in Adelaide's 5AA. When you retire into a into a resort, you're always on holidays. We're talking about a vista. The Caritas Retirement Village down there at Glenelg. It's a lovely, lovely spot. You're a couple of minutes away from Jetty Road with all of the restaurants and the shopping that's kind of back online. You're about five minutes away from the beach itself. And it's just a lovely... There's a caring village manager on site, always close by if you need a little bit of work done or perhaps some household maintenance. That's always hassle-free. Uh, recently, uh, we had um, Bruce and, and Kylie Thyler moved in there, a couple of the newest residents down at Avista, along with seven other people that made the move and are loving every aspect of it too. And uh, they offer a full range of support services, including things like uh, personal care and home support and home deliveries of shopping and essential services. 
services and things like that. And there's a friendly staff who said on site, the manager is on site, you need some help, you need some advice, you need some assistance. The help is readily available down there. They really do care. You've got Jerry and Peter and Theodora and the staff around there in Angus Street. They take a daily interest in all of their seven villages. So if you're thinking about a, a lifestyle change and do it now, so many people say, oh God, I wish I'd done it before. Do it immediately. Get in touch with the people at uh, Caritas. They really do care and they offer these seven lovely lifestyle villages of theirs around about the place. Give them a call on 1300 796 311. Say, look, Pilko suggested we give you a buzz and have a bit of a chat. Caritas, the, the, the villages are just superb and the on-site manager makes all the difference in the world. 1300 796 311. A spotlight of windows what you make it with 30 to 40% off the entire range of made-to-measure curtains, blinds and shutters. Call 1300 for your free in-home measuring quote. So warm it, shade it and keep it cool for less. Conditions apply. At Spotlight, it's what you make it. Hi, again. Can you give me directions to... To the open in Coromandel Valley? Yeah. The one with loads of natural light? That's the one. Too easy. Keep going down Happy Valley Drive. You'll pass five McGain signs, hang a right at Black Road, pass another three signs, then head along Main Road. It's on your left with a sign saying... Sold by McGain. Well, pretty soon. You're gonna love it. Everywhere you look, there's a sign popping up saying sold by McGain... again. It's Dreamland's Red Tag Sale and we're seeing red. That's right. If you see a red tag at Dreamland, you'll get up to 50% off. That's up to 50% off big brand Australian ensembles, mattresses, beds, bedroom furniture and Manchester. You'll be seeing red if you miss out. With six Dreamland stores, all SA owned and operated, why not treat yourself to a good night's sleep with up to 50% off in our once a year red tag sale? Think you can beat Dreamland's Red Tag Sale? You're dreaming. It's in our streets, our shops, our workplaces. You might have seen it. Worse, you might even have it. It's complacency. And right now, it's our greatest threat. Restrictions have eased, but there's no room for complacency. Continue to keep your distance, wash your hands, and get tested if you have any symptoms. And together, we'll keep stopping the spread. Visit stopthespread.sa.gov.au. This message brought to you by the Government of South Australia. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. Glaucoma can affect anyone. In 1985, I came within an inch of losing my sight because of glaucoma. And up until that point, I had no idea what it was. Over 150,000 Aussies are unaware they have glaucoma because they haven't had an eye exam. Left untreated, it can lead to irreversible blindness. Don't let glaucoma blindside your future. Get your eyes tested by an optometrist. It could just save your sight. To find out more, go to glaucoma.org.au. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, eight minutes to two. Uh, to, uh, surprisingly, this uh, Saturday, the Saturday the 20th, will mark six months since the outbreak of the fires up in the Adelaide Hills, up at Cuddley Creek and around about and the horrific fires over there on uh, KI. We're talking to the coordinators, the local recovery coordinators for Cuddley Creek, Alex Zimmerman, and for Kangaroo Island, uh, Rob Manton. Uh, Alex, uh, a question to you. Uh, you've gotten to know the people up there. You've, you've, you've listened to them and you've talked to them. What's the feeling? Do they think that, oh, six months, well, all of a sudden, because of the COVID thing, we've kind of taken a, a back seat, kind of a, nearly been second-class citizens. Uh, are they optimistic? I know they're tough and resilient, but yeah. what's, what's the feeling yeah. up at Cuddley Creek and the Adelaide Hills? Look, just uh, firstly to echo what Rob said earlier, they, uh, the Adelaide Hills community are, are really stoic. They've got a fantastic uh, sense of community. 
so they have all rallied together. Generally, uh, they are looking forward, uh, so the answer is yes, they're moving forward and they're planning their future. Uh, just, But again, noting everybody recovers at their own pace, and we do have some people who are you could say, notably behind others. Yeah. But we in the recovery program are doing everything we can to help them. Um, I think on a timeline, I would say that we are probably the entire six to eight weeks of the COVID restrictions behind where we would otherwise have been. Right. Because yeah. like everybody else, you know, there was a sense of hibernation. Everybody went into hibernation. Yeah, yeah. Everything slowed down. Yeah. And so they couldn't do their refencing, rebuilding. So now they're coming out of that. Uh, as the restrictions are lifting, I call it like coming out of a fog and the reality of what's confronting them has really been sheeted home and we've had an uplift in uh, help being sought from our recovery centre, which is a good thing because that's what they're there for yeah. and they're doing a mighty job and uh, I think she, everything's going to pick up pace from here on. Rob, um, we hear stories about, well, they're not stories that they're fact, the tourism of, of Kangaroo Island has been devastated by this, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, you know, it came on the back of a, a very successful uh, Book Them Out campaign um, just prior to uh, COVID basically shutting everything down. Um, and, and so we've gone through a phase of, um, come on, everybody come to Kangaroo Island. We are open for business, albeit that Flinders Trace was closed because of the damage that was done there. Um, but we are open for business. And then we had to say, oh, hang on, stop coming because of COVID. And now we're basically saying, come again. And I guess that's the message I'd like to extend to all South Australians is come and visit and, and in the hills and on the York Peninsula. Um, get to know the state. Go see those places that you've heard about but perhaps haven't got to yet. Um, there are some amazing places to see on the island. And if you're looking for a bit of adventure with the, with the kids, if you've been locked up in Adelaide or cooped up in Adelaide through the COVID um, drive down to Cape Jarvis, jump on the ferry and come and see the seals and all the rest of it because the place is open for business. There are some areas that are still closed, but they're gradually reopening as well. Gentlemen, uh, probably an impossible question to answer to both of uh, both of you, Alex and, and Rob. How much longer will the recovery process take? Are we talking uh, two years, three years, uh, even longer? Oh. Uh, Tony, I, I think it's acknowledged historically that uh, all of those numbers... Uh, are in there. Yeah, uh, for yeah. some, they'll be ready in two years. Some might be ready in a year. Others, probably five years or even more years because it's just the impact that it's had. As I always say, we come with all the human frailties and going through an event like uh, some of the stories I've heard, you know, uh, it's just amazing um, the impact it's had on people. So for many, it will be many, many, many years that they'll be needing help and as Rob indicated, you know, the government's put forward a lot of assistance at both the federal and the state level to help uh, people get through it mentally. Alex and, uh, and Rob, a question for you both. Has, uh, has this had any adverse effect on you, listening and seeing what you're seeing nearly on a daily basis? Um, um, I might jump in there, Rob? Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for me, it's actually had the opposite. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I sort of... I talk to these people, I see what they've been through uh, yeah. and what have you, and they're not bothered about the fact they can't go to the nightclub on Friday night. Um, they they embrace the fact that it is what it is and they have 
taken the opportunity, particularly out on the land, to, well, if I can't do anything else, I'll just work on my farm and I'll reassess my business. I'll reorient which way I'm going to go with what crops I have to have or what stock I need to make me more resilient in the future. And so I've actually been really encouraged by um, the discussions and my observations. Good on you. And Alex, you? Oh, look, for me, uh, the first thing is it's uh, incredibly humbling. Uh, yeah. And I'm so appreciative of being given the opportunity, as I know Rob oh, has, good. to do this job. I think doing good things for good people oh. every day you're out there is so rewarding. You know, you, you can't really describe it. Now, that's a you great know, way of putting it, doing yeah. good things for good people. Fellas, yeah. uh, thank you for the time this afternoon. I know you're busy. Congratulations on the work you do. Lots of love and, and just keep it up. We, we Not only are we appreciative here in town, but certainly the people over in KI and up in the hills are. Good on you, fellas. Enjoyed the chat. Thanks, Tony. That's uh, the uh, two blokes who are the... Uh, the local recovery coordinators uh, for Cutley Creek, Alex Zimmerman, and over on Kangaroo Island with a big job ahead of him, Rob Manton, who have been our guest this afternoon. Leo.